Today's episode is brought to you by Mazars. Sound Cartel. Did you know that over the past decade, two-thirds of new Australian businesses have been led by women? Nevertheless, almost half of those businesswomen say that a credit glass ceiling is holding back their growth. It's a relatively unknown problem with big implications for the wider economy. From Sound Cartel, I'm Nicole Goodman, and this is Business Essentials Daily. The Australian finance and credit system is wired for blokes, says Bruce Bilson, Australia's small business and family enterprise ombudsman. And he says that awareness needs to be raised to try and counter this problem. Bruce Bilson starts by explaining to Jeff Waters what the figures show. Interesting topic, Jeff, one that we've been probing for a little while and released some of our preliminary survey findings on International Women's Day uh, was about trying to raise awareness that this is an ongoing issue and, frankly, for many women, a significant barrier to business formation and growth. And what we were finding from about 600 Australian women-owned, women-led business figures was that 43% said identifying and accessing capital was a central barrier to their growth whether it be debt finance or venture funding, really an experience that wasn't what we would hope for. And at a time when we see so many women forming businesses, if you view finance as the oxygen of enterprise, if you can't get the oxygen, uh, the growth and potential of that business will never be realised. And that's why we've been having a look to see what can be done about these things. Why is it, do you think, that women in particular find it difficult? Look, it's interesting. You look at some of the international research and it ranges in suggestions about what's causing it, as ours did. You know, finance has been traditionally a male-dominated space for many years, increasingly less so, which is great, but, you know, almost as if it's wired for blokes, if I could put it that way, and that for some of the systems that are in place, they're not that supportive of women entrepreneurs. You know, we heard time and time again examples where a woman going to a financial institution for funding for their business was being asked about their marital status and what sort of income their spouse had. You know, I mean, these are really interesting conversations and you can imagine how galling they are for women, fairly confident that these aren't questions that would be asked of a male entrepreneur. So there's a bit of that going on. We're also finding that in the venture capital space, again, very hardwired, it seems, for male entrepreneurs, less so for women. And there's been a response to that in the marketplace. You see some women-led VC funds trying to address that challenge by coming up with, you know, women-owned, women-led business support. That becomes a real strength of their offer, but it's also a reflection of the challenges that too many women entrepreneurs face. Is it just this sexism or are there more institutional barriers perhaps? Yeah, look, I think it's institutional. I don't think anyone sets out to be sexist. But a lot of the evaluative framework that's applied by some lending institutions sort of presumes it'll be a bloke and that, you know, I don't think they intend to do that. But that's part of the reason why we thought it was important to raise this research and to shine a light on this topic. I mean, if we can raise awareness, people might stop 
and have a think about it. That, you know, is there an argument that a woman entrepreneur's business income is less secure than a bloke's? I mean, do we go and ask male entrepreneurs whether they've got some other potential source of income or does the business proposition stand on its own two feet? And I mean, these are the sorts of things that we hope the work that we're doing will highlight an opportunity for improvement. There is some improvement. I mean, some of the more algorithmic lending platforms, you know, where you can, they're very data driven and the algorithms sort of look at transaction history, cash flow and expenditure patterns. And it's very blind to people's gender. I mean, those newer offerings are more helpful for women because it just doesn't care what gender you are. You know, it, it'll look at the uh, the transaction traffic and the cash flow and the business to, to judge whether, you know, an origination is justified. I mean, they're for smaller sums of money. For the larger sums of money, the more institutional arrangements are ones that we're hoping uh, this survey work and our examination of the barriers women face might trigger a bit of a rethink. It must be having a terrible negative effect on the economy as a whole. Is that true? Yeah, look, it's not great. It's one of those things of opportunities foregone, if I could put it that way. I mean, something that's worth remembering is that, you know, over the past decade, two thirds of all new businesses that have been formed in Australia have been led by women. So, you know, whilst uh, there's a significant jump in the number of women business owners compared to men, and it's not quite on par yet, the recent decade, it's two thirds women are starting these new businesses. And if you think and imagine that that drive for wealth creation, opportunity, economic and employment growth is two thirds in the hands of women, and then you put one arm behind their back by making it harder to get finance, then you can see the detriment to those enterprises, but also to the nation overall. And so it's worth really examining. And there's been a bit of work done on this. AsiaLink have done some research. They point to a, an equal number number of men and women-owned businesses in the Australian economy producing, you know, a $70 billion plus bonus to the economy. So, you know, it's worth getting right. Uh, Those obstacles are not isolated. They are far more reflected in the research than I think anyone would wish for and as an opportunity to do something about it. So what would your advice be to a woman who's trying to attract venture capital or, or other funding for a business? Yeah, well, a couple of things. I mean, in the venture capital space, it's an even more challenging story itself. The recent State of Australian Startup Funding Report found, you know, more than, well, 82% of female founders believe their gender impacted adversely on their ability to raise venture capital. Uh, Just one in 10 of those female founders felt highly confident that they would meet their raise expectations in the next round. So that's one in 10 compared to two thirds of men who are highly confident. So, I mean, that's a confidence issue that's reflecting of experience. The World Bank still point to women-owned businesses accessing finance as a major hurdle. So there's things that we can do about it. Awareness, number one, and hopefully that awareness brings about adjustment. Number two, you know, there is, once the pitch is made in a venture capital sense, the numbers still need to stack up. So, you know, there is a robustness still needed in the proposition and and women are very attuned to that. And also when you're going to traditional financiers, they will want to pour over the spreadsheets. The spreadsheet jockeys are, are, you know, hopefully less interested in gender and more interested in the numbers. But the network that you have yourself can really be quite instructive. So I encourage women entrepreneurs, women-led, women-owned business founders 
build that network. That network will bring you in touch with women that have had success that it can point to pathways they've been through. And and so often in a venture capital sense, Jeff, if you've got some good form in earlier business life, investors are often backing the founders. They're backing the individuals. So the more you're known and can point to a a really positive business journey, uh, that'll improve your prospects as well. And then those institutional, uh, let's call them headwinds or needless hurdles, hopefully uh, awareness raising will improve those over time. That was Bruce Bilson, the Australian Small Business and Family Enterprise Ombudsman. This episode of Business Essentials Daily is produced by the team at Sound Cartel. Thanks for listening. I'm Nicole Goodman. We'll bring you more B-Daily tomorrow. Follow at BEDaily podcast across social media and head to bedaily.com.au for more from the Business Essentials Daily podcast. Sound Cartel. This episode was brought to you by Mazars. To find out more visit mazars.com.au. That's M-A-Z-A-R-S dot com dot A-U.